Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Kenny Law. And I'm Rough Enough. And you've not heard this voice before. It's because he comes and goes out of Kings of War occasionally. <laughs> Every four or five years, I bump into him at some major event. Fortunately, we crossed paths at Adepticon this past March. How the hell are you, Kenny? Doing pretty good. How are you, Rob? I can't complain. Well, let's give people your gamer origin story because you have quite the pedigree. Well, it's written by a radioactive gamer. Now, so I am doing the podcast still. Uh, it's called Combat Phase. We're trying to get the website. I have a new website that's getting worked on right now, and I'm just kind of kind of like poured everything over how it is right now, and I don't really have a co-host uh, that's that's able to do recording with me right now. So I, I just kind of have guests on. So you've heard her name. So you're still doing AOS stuff. It looks like. Yeah. So um, yeah, when it started, it, it was pretty much, uh, so it started in March, it was 10 years old and it started with uh, just all wargaming, And we used to really try to be broad and, and get like everything we could in there. And we had a segment for the first maybe two years called the wall of wonder. That was based off my, uh, my co-host at the time, Roberts is uh, his man cave. He had this like gaming museum, and we would just kind of pick Robert something. Allen, I think, yeah. right? Robert, yeah, we would just pick something off the wall, and that that was what we do. And you know, sometimes it was uh, some of them were games workshop, but a lot of them weren't. And it's just sort of like whatever we could find. You know, I, I talk about um, even though the show does now, it's mostly uh, games workshop stuff. You know, I, I mentioned Kings of War here, so I actually got, I was on somebody's show, and I said that they're like, oh, oh, you gotta get, you gotta get off. And I'm like, <laughs> that they were serious for a minute, but I'm like, okay, fine, that's that's fine. I'll, I'll keep it on my. I'm getting more into it. Um, I've been wargaming. I started like in the mid '90s in that uh, that awkward, you know, 13, 14 year old. I'm gonna, ha- I call it the Pink Floyd phase, where you have like a Pink Floyd hat or shirt or both. Well, mid '90s, though, you're only like 26, right? Yeah, I'm 26, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. I like that. <laughs> So yeah, it was. Um, I've been doing it for a while. Games Workshops, the main games I played. I got into Kings of War initially a long time ago. Uh, it's basically the thing. What I like most out of war games, I like the social aspect, but to me, it's a visual hobby. And the thing that got me into wargaming was originally in those Warhammer, like the big rule books, and I'd see that big two-page diorama of like just the hundreds and hundreds of models. Uh, coming up to like siege the tower or the castle or something and i like more than anything that mass battle game so that's what got me into it at first and that's what keeps bringing me back to it the rules and everything i like the rule set and the models have gotten a lot better from when you know i started originally with, with the mantic models and i just i love mass battle game and uh it was great adepticon was doing the i'm not sure what the event was called like a, like a big battle or a mega battle called the big battle the big battle okay well there we go <laughs> that was a ton of fun people were walking by and <laughs> a lot of them were like talking like they're like, what's that game? I'm like, oh, this is more fantasy. <laughs> We're trying to like stop people. Like, no, there's a big banner right there, but okay. Uh, but it was, uh, it was just exactly, it was like it scratched that itch for me. It's exactly what I wanted. And to come there and, you know, and, and I didn't have to bring an army thing with me. And, you know, I play Abyssal Dwarfs as the main army. And so that was, but, you know, that, unfortunately, Abyss was like half the table. Uh, so that, that was just perfect for me. You got a chance to kind of, I always like to window shop other armies. I find out whenever I'm playing games, I tend to play, because I play so many armies, I tend to play against, an aspect of an army that I play or want to play. So I'm always kind of getting, uh, you know, something on both sides. Uh, and yeah, I just, it had exactly what I wanted. Uh, it was just, it was great all day battle. And it's something I definitely, if they do it next year, I absolutely do it next year. 
it was also kind of nice not to. I made sure after last year, the first year after the, you know, it was three years because of uh, COVID, we did a lot of us, like we did um, events. We did two today's events back to back, but we got to do nothing. You got to uh, barely go to the, the dealer's room. Usually, like if I get tabled, I'll have time to go over before the round ends and go look. But if team events, it's you know you both have to get tabled, so it takes a little bit longer. <laughs> or you might actually win, you know. Whoops. So <laughs> we just it was kind of nice this time. I wanted to do a day where I just I had like one big event, and then you know I had time to do other things. And uh, it was the Thursday one, so it worked out perfectly. Unfortunately, I couldn't come up and do the Friday one because I was helping uh, judge or like not to, but help helping the staff. Uh, on the second day of one of the championship uh, matches. So I wasn't able to get up there on Friday. But sorry, I got to see people uh, on Thursday. I could see Andy Sherman again. That was great. I've seen him in forever. I think his son was like two the last time I saw him. Or three or yeah, four. Years yeah, ago. Alex was like 11 or 12 now. It's <laughs> yeah. like crazy. It's been a while. It's been, it's been quite a while. Uh, but it was just good um, just going and see everybody and, and seeing the, the games out that you guys are playing in there. And I, I love that you guys... Same with the heresy too. You guys had like your own room, and you know it was the majority of the room was that. But it, but that that's more ideal to me. I'm like, great, you have everything there. It's more self-contained. You guys can set up the podcast and do that there. Uh, I got to walk around and check out some of the games that I that I've seen uh, that I try like like firefight. Like I'm you know curious about that, and so uh, it was really great too that like, like there were people walking me around. Uh, you know, you were one of them, but just kind of like saying this is this here and there, and it's just it's such a welcoming community. Uh, and, I've, and I've been loving the uh, the Kings of War Fanatic Facebook group. This has been great. Uh, I, I love getting into it. And it's great for me to show other gamers one of the things I love about this. I'm like, look, you're, each unit is like a mini diorama. Like, you, you know, you could put the bases down and be done. And that's fine. You know, or you could, like, do something with it or put some, you know, flock on it. Or you could put, I remember back in when Fantasy was around, we had, like, unit fillers. And, you know, you started having all these things in there. And, uh, and I look at the Kings of War Fanatic. And I look at it. It's one of the, the few things I look at every day. I don't... Uh, Lately, Facebook's just been, you know, you open it and somebody's dead or somebody's dying or somebody's sad. Somebody, you know, it's just like, all right, this is just depressing. <laughs> you know, I guess it's kind of like the age, you know, maybe it's the age, maybe it's the world we live in. But anyway, I get like my, my fantasy. So uh, I'm loving the King's War stuff. It's for me trying to make an army. Like I'm listening to the Abyssal Door so right now and, and I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I went to look and I'm like, okay, I remember I paid for this easy army thing. And then I know Mantic had a, has the companion thing. And so I guess I thought I was signed up for it, but I am now and i'm looking at kind of tools and how to make armies and there's there's some questions i got to figure out like about the formations and stuff yeah i just uh i i right now i have the abyssadorfs of the main army and uh after adepticon i was so jazzed and i got back and I, I finally started putting armies together so i had a halfling army and when i have an army it's like a, i don't know if you've ever seen the pictures i post but I, I have an army like i have boxes and boxes and i uh, i finally washed and uh you know, like like a you know, dish soap rinsed off and Got all the halflings are, are washed, and then uh, Empire Dust. Um, I like the aesthetic, but I, I was waiting, and someone said they were going to redo the line. And so once they started putting those models out, I've been getting a bunch of those. And so I went through and I washed, and primed even, primed the uh, Bone Giant, uh, whatever he's called, uh, Idol of Idol of Shobik. Shobik, yeah, yeah. So I got. I'm really happy with him. I was looking at him today a lot. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been getting stuff together, and you know, I just I have a I have some Basileans, not really an army yet. But I, I probably should focus a little bit and figure out what. I'm well, you're doing. an omni gamer, so we would expect nothing else. It's like <laughs> I'm all over it's the like place. it's all your life's a buffet, right? So you have a plate of Basilands, you have a plate of, or maybe two plates of so dwarves, and you have a little, you know, teacup full of halflings. A teacup. 
<laughs> one thing also with the semantic games, and I know that you know they're getting more expensive, but typically compared to like GW games, they're used to spending a lot more. So I like I could look for like the same amount of dollars, you know, where I can get more, and uh, rather than save money, I just buy more stuff. <laughs> so I just I have a lot of stuff. It's funny how that works. We still spend the same amount of money, right? Yeah. And it, it, for us, the the trick is just to find a better value so you can get more money. You know, get more models for that same amount of money because uh, it's it's always fun to have piles and piles of models. You know, I think uh, it makes us live longer too, right? If we have a horde of, uh, it's a horde of opportunity. <laughs> there you go. I like to think of it that way. And it's kind of nice now. The last time I went to, before Defcon, I went to like a, a major event was in North Carolina. Because uh, I remember driving into a hurricane to get to the event, which is maybe not the best idea. But you know, it was in, a, I think it was in Raleigh or something. It was this event. And uh, it, well, at the time, it was like a lot of the armies were against workshop models. Uh, and that practice seems people seem to be going away from that now. Uh, well, you know, this is like five years ago, but it, it, it's really it's it's great. Like because uh, I don't want I don't want to see that really. Like any other nice models, but if I'm playing a different game, I, I want to see you know different. I don't want to go to Kings of War and see nothing but GW models. And so I'm glad that that's not or at least where I've been. It's not the thing anymore. And uh, I know with 3D printers and everything too. Now you see you see quite a variety. But I just you know I I just I'm, I was so happy the quality of the hobby like of Kings of War what I've seen recently. Uh, it's just nuts. Like, it, you know, I know you've seen it gradually over time, but for me, it pops out in and out for a while. Like, mm-hmm. holy. I think you hit on something there in that, you know, when, when Kings, you, let's go in the Wayback Machine. 2015, we're at Buckeye Battles. We get the second edition rule set for Kings of War. And I think I spent the entire weekend just reading the rules, right? Just going, oh my God, these are amazing. Because first edition <laughs> is a first edition. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And, and they were rough. but second edition was kind of like the full first full fledged game. And uh, as you said, I, I think when it started, you know, Mantic as a company was an alternative range of models for Warhammer. And over the last, you know, dozen years or so they're, they're, they've grown into their own thing. They have their own identity. And I think the, the notion about, you know, figure agnostic, well, well, all rules are figure agnostic if you want them to be. Yeah. To be fair, with Kings of War, we have 29 armies and counting, right? And, and growing. That's nuts. They don't make that many. They don't make models for everything. You know, uh, it is nice to see that people are making a, a real effort. Because like you, I am, like, if I'm playing Star Wars Legion, I'm playing Star Wars Legion. So... I want my Star Wars Legion guys, right? If I was to play 40K, I would want my 40K guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm always, yeah. for me, it's an investment in the game itself. Uh, and I and, and it helps me with my the immersion that, it, that if I'm immersion, playing yeah, yeah. models that come from that company because they've set the aesthetic, you know? And so, you know, I think what we've seen is over the years, the number of people playing with Mantic. And I think Adapticon was a great example. There was a lot of Mantic armies there, which if I think back to 2016, clash of kings like there wasn't that many it's changed a lot in the last you know 10 plus years and i think part of it is as a company and you hit on this they were a little a little company that should or a little (laughs) company that could and they did the best they you know they were a little company that did the best they could to be fair those old like if you look at the old elves they're they're not they're not great but then you compare them to like the new ogres that have just come out or the EOD. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. These are, these are amazing. Like, you know, hard plastic kits that are multi, you know, lots of options. Yeah. And are those elves getting redone eventually? Or is that? Is that yeah. I mean, I, I, I would hope, I would hope so. Right. But you know, 
You know, it's almost like calibration though. You keep them out there on the market so they can go, look, you think the, this is what we used to do. And now we're doing these. <laughs> so you always have a benchmark to, to judge the new models against, you know, as you said, the abyssal dwarves are fantastic. The halflings, the rift. Yeah, the orbs. I mean, all the new stuff is really, really great. You know? And as you said, economical too i mean there are expensive units like especially if you get you're dealing with the resin that is can be more expensive but when you compare it to something similar that's available from your hobby store they're competitively priced and uh, especially the hard plastics i mean those new ambush box sets where i I think retail is like 40 dollars and there's 40 40 models 30 30 models including 10 cavalry like in the halflings i think it's 20 infantry and 10 cav I mean, that's yeah, like a dollar fifty a model or something. You, you really, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find that level of quality for that price. Uh, and we got more Night Stalkers coming in May. We got uh, Butchers and, and Reapers coming. So, uh, I mean, this is a big year for Kings of War. There's three armies that are getting major uh, refreshes. So we got obviously we've got uh, Night Stalkers in May, uh, Northern Alliance in the summer, and then we have a brand new, completely from scratch, Twilightkin army coming out in the fall. Uh, which will obviously make use of some of the Night Stalker stuff, like the Butchers. I, I assume that's they used they, they're they're elves that have been tainted by the Night Stalker. So my assumption is you'll still have some Night Stalker units in there. But uh, the art they've put out for it is fantastic. So they've grown that company and they've really put a lot more effort into their art direction and their sculpting. And I'm just you know pleasantly surprised by every time they come out with something new. It's just like oh, this is amazing. Uh, and the Night Stalkers that are coming stuff. out next month, or yeah. So if you're like this though, but like that's part of it for me. Like if I'm if I'm inspired by the models, I don't really give a crap how they play on the table. I just want I want something cool to paint. If if it tells me a story, or if it start, if if it feeds me a story that I can then unravel into an army, even better. Well, I didn't even believe at first when they they put halflings out. I was like, no, it's not. It's, and then, you know, somebody sent me the link. And I'm like, oh my god! And I was looking at the models, and I was so like, I bought. I don't. I honestly, I was kind of actually looked at the rules at the stats for them. I was just happy just picking them up and like, oh, these guys they got some character and they I have a lot of charms. Yeah, I like cooking a little like little skill on the back of you know, in that in that beast he's riding that boar, the Iron Beast. Yeah, well, half of cooking. I, I think it's a little nod to the past. But they didn't go full into it, right? Like, I mean, they still, I mean, they, they've got the saucier who's cooking up a pot of whatever and he's throwing magic around or throwing around a dish. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's cool, man. Uh, and they ride on giant dogs. I mean, come on. That's what's cooler than riding on giant dogs. You know, well, they took a race that we had, a, we had some exposure to in, uh, in Warhammer and then, you know, turned it into its own thing. And it's, I mean, it's very original what, I, what I've seen. I, I've been loving it. Uh, and it's, this is obviously not, not like Hobbit, it's not Lord of the Rings stuff, but you know, the, the halflings and like, oh man. And I remember, um, years ago, one of the issues with the website, I was uh, looking at things like, man, like it just, the website, it, like the stuff just looked terrible. Like it was, it was painted. If it was painted, it was, it was awful. And then, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to like, <laughs> on them. but then they had Brandon do the empire, like Brandon did the empire does. I think it was the, at, right after he had done like the, uh, the golden throne thing at Adepticon, like whatever. Right. COVID's messed up the timeline, but like, you know, he did. And like, and you can definitely tell you, look at him like, Oh man. And I was kind of sold on that once I saw him painting. And that makes you want to get the models. And now when I look on their website, like you can see that they've, they've taken that, you know, that they've, they've, uh, they've made, you know, they've made efforts in like stuff about the art direction. And uh, I think before they didn't fully showcase like what they could do. 
And then, you know, so now once you get out, and that's with any wargaming company. Honestly, I think having so many wargames right now, and like Adepticon, you, when you walk through the dealer's room, and, you know, you, you see there's just so many. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's actually a good thing. I think that people tend, I mean, if you're an Omni gamer, you know, like, like me, you tend to play multiple ones. And, and for me to play a game, uh, it doesn't dissuade me, you know, even if, even if I can't afford to do just so many, like from like wanting to, you know, not play, I just, I want to play more in general because I'm like, Oh, this is great. But what, you know, if I did this over here and, uh, you know, a lot of us get, we collect the stuff and, you know, Kickstarters, we still get Kickstarters and, you know, stuff just sits there and never gets used because we just, we like it, the Kickstarter. Uh, hopefully it's a bit, you know, a bit better about that as I've gotten a bit older, but still it's, you know, I just, I, I love the variety that's out there and there's so many games and Mantic, you know, I love, like, I want to do Armada at some point. I, I loved Man of War a long time ago. Uh, and I just, I just say that because, you know, it was another fantasy ship game. Not that it's the same game at all, uh, but, you know, it's just sort of like, you know, I saw a bit of depth kind of like, you know, find time to do that. Firefight is one that I'm very interested in. I liked the size of the army, the kind of in between skirmish and, and larger, um, like Warpath. Uh, and, you know, I have, and they've had four trials, you know, and that's my thing. I, and I actually, uh, this week, uh, over the weekend, actually, uh, before some Easter stuff, finished, uh, washing cleaning some of the, uh, Forge Fathers that I've, uh, I, I got rid of the old ones that were like the dwarf, legs and you put the, the thing on top yeah the, but, the the hybrid kits where you took yeah. the old plastic dwarves they're, they're and then you somewhere. had bits that yeah yeah <laughs> but i have quite a bit of fire of forge fathers here i didn't realize i had so many you hit a lot of stuff there though I, yes i am all over the place <laughs> yeah that's okay well what i was thinking though is that you're in, you have an interesting perspective because you come and go and so yeah they had a major overhaul on their website which was huge right so their website is now much more clean it's much easier to find stuff the pictures are better you hit on they have some of the best miniature painters in the world painting their stuff now. So they, they put their money where their mouth is, right? So Yeah, it was a big difference. It makes a big difference, right? If you got like the best painters painting their stuff, it shows. It shows, right? And and on top of it, you also have very good sculpts that will showcase those amazing paint jobs, right? I, th I think part of it too, maybe the timing switching over from traditional to 3D sculpting has helped. And so yeah, I'm... Yeah. It's a great time to be in the Mantic sphere of influence, right? There's a lot of great games. You hit on Armada, you know, based on Black Seas from Warlord Games. It's it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. You know, the 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 thing that we keep repeating and I'm sure people have heard this a million times, but it's the game out of all the games they make that doesn't replace anything else. Cuz there's not a whole lot of fantasy naval games out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, there's currently none in print. <laughs> you know, maybe Uncharted Seas comes back at some point, but it does feel that you know, man of war itch or that fantasy Napoleonic naval war game itch. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's fan and the models are bonkers. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with the model. I should say too, just for people listening, uh, I'm going to refer to, to GW stuff a lot because that's my reference. That's what I know. And, and, and so I'm not saying like, like, Oh, this is great. You know, this is, this is better than this. It's just for like, if I need some kind of reference point, um, because, you know, when I got to King's War, people would, um, like the Manta guys, they would explain, you know, a lot of it, like, okay, you played fantasy, you know, and I, that's not a bad thing to me at all. It's just like a common point of reference. I'm like, cool, you know, there. I'm obviously, I obviously want to play a different game in this. So, you know, that's what you're giving me. I understand some people can be uh, sensitive, you know, to hearing, uh, you know, a lot of that. So that's just, just to be fair, it's... I, to, it's my point of reference. <laughs> we just don't really care. We're, we we enjoy our game, and liking our game doesn't mean you have to dislike something else. You just it's just I, sometimes I want chocolate instead of vanilla. Yeah. And to be fair, there's lots of people that you still use 
and currently use uh, GW models or Song of Ice and Fire, whatever, whatever that, you know, at, yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, we want you to come to the table to play the game first. You know, obviously down the road, we want you, you know, I think the community would would want you to play with Manti models to help support the company. Now, yeah. the beautiful thing about Mantic is they don't make all the models for every army. So my rule is I do a Mantic army or two, and then I'll do a non-Mantic army for something they don't make a range for. There's plenty of room for that. That's something I got to mention too. Your community rocks. Uh, get your little sound effect there. I'm <laughs> try. I try. I'm try. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm half Italian, so like swearing for me is I just I'm just used to it. Uh, like my podcast. Me too. There aren't kids Me too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, I remember, yeah, uh, the community, right? And and some of the stuff, like you know, it's weird if I'm talking to just people that just know the mantic stuff and and uh, and nothing else. You might sound like, oh, of course we're rock, you know, or, or why wouldn't we be like this? But the community is very very positive, uh, and that's again, King's War Fanatics has been just just one example of I think a great outreach. But when I walked into that room at Depticon, uh, you know, first of all, it didn't stink. That was nice, and I got to like just you know just anybody was very willing to talk to you and they were just very friendly. And, uh, and it's what I get too from your podcast. I mean, you've been on this for years and it's always just been so welcoming. Um, and maybe it's cause a lot of us got that Southern draw, you know, it's very, maybe very, it could, very it very polite, well could be. but they're That's excited. Right. And, uh, and it's just, I've never had, a, I saw a guy post, I'm not sure who he is, but he posted something about like, uh, policing himself like he made a comment. I'm not trying to get in any drama. I think you're talking about Gold of the Gamer. Yeah, he said something. He's like, "Oh, I made a comment. You know, this is not like you know." The, yeah, he apologized for. Yeah, it. and, and uh, that's pretty cool. Actually, like, I don't know what he's talking about, but you know, the the, uh, the discussion there and everything. Like, I mean, this for someone that who comes. So the GW side, it, I, not just GW. Uh, other games outside can be pretty. You can have a toxic community. I think when you have the anonymity of being very heavily online and uh, you know spread out around, people can you know can be like keyboard commandos and be kind of dicks. I just I don't really see, I can't remember the last time I seen something negative um, on any of the, the Mantic uh, sides or when I've been there in person. I just they're just very uh, welcoming and, and just happy to have you there. And uh, it doesn't matter, you know, like like there's like racism or you know like uh, I don't think people care about like you know sex orientation or uh, race or religion. Part of the thing is that we are a community of just the right size. So you you talked about like some of the larger game systems may have more toxic elements. I just think it's a size thing, right? Like the bigger you get, we probably still have that same amount of percentage of D bags, but they <laughs> don't really come there. to the surface. Right. I guess, you know, or, or maybe, or maybe it's not just a size thing. Maybe it's a maturity thing. We've been around enough a, a, a while now that we're, we're past the point where we're a community of Warhammer refugees. You know, we used to joke yeah. about that, that. You know, most people, were, there are people now that, that are getting into Kings of War that didn't come from Warhammer. You know, they, they played bolt action. They played X, yeah, they played something great. else. What that says is that the game isn't necessarily being, attra- isn't in all cases just an attraction because it's a replacement for what we miss. It's, it's an attraction for something we just yearn, right? We just like playing with lots of models on the table. The farther removed I get from Warhammer fantasy, the, the more I forget about it. I want to ask you, have you guys gotten a lot of, uh- if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. But I, I would get the impression, like when I was when I was in Sweden for that year, like we I played what they what they played around there, and it was mostly Age of Sigmar Heresy, and most more than uh, than the other two was really uh, War, War Machine and War Herds, both those games. Uh, and then we were super excited for Mark Three, and then I, I moved back to the States, and then there was sort of this like wet fart and then silence thing, and I, I don't think that went over too well. It's probably fair to say, but that. Talk about some toxicity that that was <laughs> from what I saw in that community was was part of it. Again, not all of them, obviously. I'm just you know just saw some there, uh, but they've 
I'm not, I've kind of wondered just what's happened to that, to that community. And uh, I know that, that a lot of them are still playing games, but they just, you know, play other ones. And do you, have you guys had a lot from that community come into the Mantic games? There are a few gentlemen named Mark Taylor. I know he came from the War Machine. Community. Interesting point about War Machine. They're go, they've just went into version four and they've completely turned everything on its head. So I'm going to give you a podcast for those out there that want to know about this. Uh, it's called Dead Wargamer Society. They just their most recent episode. They went in and did a deep dive on the history of War Machine and they went through Ooh. all the, you know, all of the ups and downs and, and they brought it to Mark four, which just came out and it's for all intents and purposes it's a it's a new game there there are some similarities but like the fluff and the back the background completely reset so historically you'd have like this huge buffet of options now it's here is an army list for this version of cardor or this version of uh menoff i i'm i'm not i'm not as fluent on the war machine stuff those but are those are, those are two words those are right <laughs> now in the army list you may only have two options for warcasters instead of 20 that you had before and so they're going through this this calling of where they're doing a uh and also on the war machine thing if you want to hear really hear about it hear from the man himself matt wilson the founder of privateer press is on the latest g6 generation and he talks about you know okay. kind of what they're doing for that so but back to your original question we we really don't have a lot of people from the war machine hordes that, that i'm aware of there's some there's some i think the people that did like War Machine for the very clean tactical play. They're here, right? They could be here. That's that's a that's a hallmark of Kings of War. However, Ranks and Flanks has its own baggage, right? <laughs> so if you're used to painting 25 models and now you got to paint 150, <laughs> so it's it's a different animal. And so sometimes mm-hmm. the hobby commitment, you know, and, and to be fair, that's the one negative I've always had with War Machine is a lot of times you go to events and the, the stuff wasn't painted and that's fine. That's, that was their culture, which they just wanted you to play the game. Even if it was unpainted, even if it was with unpainted models. So I don't know a lot of people that have, that have transitioned, but you know, at this point, it, honestly, like every week we're meeting new people that are, Oh, I came from star Wars Legion and it's not that they're coming from and that, and they're like transitioning. They're just, they just play also they're playing more games than right. They're just trying other games out, including Kings of war. So, cause I mean, we live in the day and age where it's, it's a great time to be a gamer. It is, you know, I tried uh conquest, the last argument of Kings. So that's uh, another rank and flank. I guess I think I could call it that another uh, Alicia Cavator rule set. Yeah. You know, so like uh, I really wanted to, <laughs> that's why I was really pissed off at Depcon last year is uh I, because i we were you know we've been three years since we had seen everybody and we just like like crammed that time in and i when i did get to go over to that booth um unfortunately i was trying to get a demo and people were kind of cutting in and i was being too polite i probably should i should have t- probably turned some east coaster up there a little bit but i didn't you know so i didn't i didn't get to play it uh and then this year we sort of you know i took a friend over and we were like we're we waiting in line and we're like we're gonna play this i've been thinking like okay so rank and flanking i was thinking about this i knew we were gonna have this talk tomorrow and I gotta warn you, I have a lot to say. You know, you know my, my omni gamer perspective, I have a lot. So, like, I uh, I was thinking about that game, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, I my uh, my instinct is to go buy a whole bunch of because it's typically what I do. And I've kind of picked the arm and everything. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, wait a minute now. What were the differences between that and you know what makes me want to do Kings of War a bit more? And it really falls back to and th- this may sound like a like a uh, this may sound like it doesn't really matter. But I'd be surprised who I talk to, and the way I promote these games that it really it gets people is uh, you have less models in that game, and so you know you're still ranking flank. But Kings of War is the 
only game right now that I know of that still retains that mass battle feel. And I think that uh, with all the different skirmish games and the different levels between, uh, you know, and it has, if you have like properties, you know, these, these famous IPs like Star Wars or something like that, they get games, you know, or Predator, whatever, there's all kinds, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. I mean, I think there's a lot of like, you know, Hellboy and Walking Dead, they do this, a lot of these other properties too. But th- there is a place, I think, for that rank and flank. And I think, you know, so I'm, I'm now over 40 years old, <laughs> you know, so I, uh, I, I, I kind of like have that history. Uh, but I, I feel like that is still there, like maybe lying dormant in a lot of people. And when I, I can't speak for other people, but when I really promote the shit of these things and, I, and we get people playing and, uh, you know, they come over and I, I have multiple armies, they can try this and that. You know, we played some games here. I have a table at home and, uh, and that, that mass battle, um, element that I don't see promoted enough and it's not not trying to, to say it's you know it's bad but that's the thing for me that, that childlike little wonder that I, I keep grabbing onto and that has been the most successful selling point for me on on playing this game and uh at adepticon i had so many people that you know i was kind of hanging out with uh, on that thursday and they uh they came up and they just you know some of them came up with me initially when we were when Blake thought we were uh, an hour late and we were actually early <laughs> when they just started playing. And, uh, and they said that they can't, I saw them, you know, corner my, I could see them coming up and, and, and people took a, a look, and, you know, and the game was outside in the hallway. So it was in a good place where people, you know, it wasn't interrupted, but uh, people could see it was very good for display for that, for that big game. Uh, and it really, it made an impact. That's the one, like I, ones I've talked to from Adepticon that, that, you know, like, Hey, you did that game and everything. And I was like, mass battle game. That That's what I want to see. Uh, you know, and, and not every game has to be, but, that's for me. It's that like bread and butter there, and uh, I think it it appeals to more people than I would have thought. I guess it's my kind of weird random thought. It's interesting you say that because I think Kenny, you know, I think the the current culture, the current prevailing idea is that people don't have don't want to put the time commitment in, you know, and, and build those big armies. And I think we're seeing that the industry in general is moving more towards. I don't like to use the word skirmish, but I'm going to use it anyways because I mean. Well, it's fair. 40K technically is individual models, but there's a lot of models on the table. A lot of the more modern game design philosophy is catering more towards the fast, you know, fast skirmish style games with less models on the table, right? There's a lot of games, you know, uh, I mean, Warcry and and and, and uh, Kill Team or or even the new one Judgment, right? Uh, from uh, which is now part of Creature Caster, I think. So it's interesting. What what where I'm going with this is I, I don't. Just because that's what a lot of people are putting out, and that might be the popular thing, I think what you said is true. There's still an underpinning of, de- there's still a desire there within a current, a current of desire within our, in this wider group of, of gamers. There's something you can't get other than a large ranks and flanks game. And to be fair, you, you mentioned Conquest. There's a lot of similarities there, but you know the way the the game is set up is different. You don't start with all the models on the table, and you may not get the grand spectacle. Song of Ice and Fire, you know, you you is mass it is oh, mass yeah. combat, yeah. but it all it has is dragons, right? Like I hate to say it only, <laughs> but like it's not traditional fantasy. It doesn't have dwarves, you know. So it's got undead and dragons, I guess, right? So you know, when you walk up on that big game out in that hallway at Adepticon, and you see twenty thousand points of you know, forces of the abyss and abyssal dwarves facing off against trident realms and forces of nature. It's a spectacle. It, it brings out that child white wonder, you know, that childlike wonder, right? You're like, Oh my God, 
this is me when I was 12, right? Playing with my Battle master set, right? I'm pushing my stuff around. I don't know what the rules do. I'm just rolling dice. Oh, I killed you. And we're just keep doing that, by the way. Don't, don't make sure that event gets run. And people that are listening, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's, I mean, check it out. Like it's, uh, it's an event, right? Like sometimes they're destinations. So like, you know, like, so I'm sold next year at Adepticon. I'm going to do one, at least one Kings of War event, like something, you know, no matter where I live, I'm coming. I'm definitely, I'm doing this next year. Right though, about the big game, it is, it is, it is an amazing spectacle. And, you know, Blake and Kyle have been doing it for, and, and others have been doing it for a while. And it's not just at Adepticon. It's been at a few other events like Gen Con and we went to NashCon one year. It's a good draw. It's a good showcase. There's not very many games in the world where you can literally just walk up knowing nothing. They hand you a bunch of dice. They show you where your models are. And within 20 minutes, you're effectively playing the game. And, uh, yeah. you know, because the, game, the, the the base mechanics are, you know, the rule set's not that complicated. And in the big game where you're running at each other, some of the, you know, maybe some of the more nuanced strategies really not, <laughs> not there. You're just really, there's something satisfying of throwing 90 dice. Oh, it is. I would never deny anyone. Sometimes I watch you just take it off the table, like roll, the, you know, roll, man. Like that's, that's part of the joy of this thing here. But yeah, like the big game was great. People, there were four people that didn't, that never played, you know, they, they, Blake was just great about teaching everybody. And like, it, it was, he had these, uh, he, uh, these booklets out. I think I heard him say that he's going to change, do something of it even like a spiral or something next time. But he had this little book and he had all the information that was there. It was like, you know, portable there and it was just perfect. And he had uh, it was nice too. It wasn't too crowded. You could have a chair next to you to put yourself down on. I, I'm not a clean gamer. I always have like all over the, like the books and dice and I make a mess. And so, you know, I like to clear them off for the picture phase. We're doing pictures of games and everything, but <laughs> it's, it's too bad. You live in, you live in Wisconsin and, you know, and Michigan is so far away because Blake runs a two day GT. Uh, at the Michigan GT, which is uh, September 30th through October 2nd. I'm going to try and go this year. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll be there. A we'll, we'll, bunch of us will be there. It's a great event. It's a smaller, like, 30-player event. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's right there in Lansing. And I'll tell you, Kenny, if you come, uh, you can stay at my mom's house with everybody else because that's where we're staying. There you go. So uh, room and board is free. So. <laughs> it's, so I've lived in Wisconsin for, uh, for several years, and I have still – I'm so ashamed to say this. I have still never been to Minnesota or Michigan except like the airport. Oh my gosh. That is unbelievable. I, I know you think I would have by now. And it's just, I, it just hasn't worked out. I, I need to, I, I keep telling, I get all these things about Michigan GT and I, I want to go every year, but uh, this, this year with whatever changes that are going on in my life, I think uh, I've tried to prioritize some of the things that like Adepticon kind of made me realize like some of these things are special. You need this for, you know, yeah. The younger ones have mental health days. I don't really have that, but you know, for people of my, my generation's work ethic, maybe uh, you know the, the vacation, so you don't like you know just burn out too much. Uh, guess like an old fogey. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> we had plastic computer. You have some perspective here, though, that we don't always get to chat about on on the on the podcast, which is you are hardcore Age of Sigmar player. I am. Yeah, and you run a podcast called Combat Phase. It's been around a gazillion years. In fact, uh, now that you brought it up, I realized, oh, it's still going 10 years later. It's still going. Still going, yeah. We'll get a, a website. If, if you want, I can give you some information if you want to, like, if you put, like, if you have show notes and stuff, you can put stuff down. Absolutely. We'll put them in the show notes. The links, links to the, pod, the podcast is called The Combat Phase. It's kind of in a weird phase right now because I'm having somebody do a website for me. And so it's not, it's, it's only in a couple places, but it's, we'll get it out there, I promise. Actually, one thing, you know, so obviously you're the MC, you're going to lead me through here, but I did write something down that I don't want to forget. 
at some point. Uh, you want me to ask you now? Mm-hmm. So I, can, you probably have some people like laughing at me, like, "Oh my god!" And I said, "I didn't know that they had this. Uh, I did not know that uh, that there's some fiction." And uh, combat phase <laughs> is uh, is most. It became most well known around the world for the the uh, fiction component. So I've been I've done uh, over 125 Black Library author interviews. Yeah, you had like Nick Kimes. You had all kinds of great Black Library authors. Yeah, all of them. Dan Abnett. I mean, has been on several. You know, the, uh, Horace Heresy fans. We did a thing in 2016. It was a decade of heresy. There's I think 27 in interviews over the eight eight hours or so, and uh, it, it's most of the guys that at that point who had written. A book. Then I had some. I had the guy that did all the artwork. I had some community leaders from around the world. I had podcasts from Australia and from a couple from Europe and, and the U.S. and Canada. And, and it was this whole worldwide thing. And it was this big. You know, I I probably won't do another mega episode like that again. But uh, but that's kind of what um, I got known for. And I got I you know I people listen to the show. I do review. I do get review copies of stuff for GW, and I do do reviews and stuff. I'm not balanced. I think there's this misconception that like, oh, you have to only say nice things about it. You know, that's, that's not true. Um, I just, I just, I'm not an innately negative person. I, and I don't, well, like I'll say good and bad things about something. I don't I typically don't do shows just to come on and be like, well, I hate this. And I don't like this. And, you know, like, cause I don't think who wants to, my listeners, they don't want to come on to, to hear you bitch. Right. I don't think it's good content for me personally, but you know, so I, so anyway, that, uh, that the, the, uh, work I did with the author is, guided me into that with the company and you know they, they knew they could trust me and that i would respect ndas and things like that uh and so i i just that's the you know it does a we, we do a lot and and they just ignore and heresy like my main games right now the the black library stuff i just love you know and the horse heresy and the siege of terror you know finally ending and all this stuff is just it's been amazing recently the reason I bring this up is recently I uh, discovered that that there is some mantic fiction. Well, the great thing is uh, uh, Winged Hussar, who is the publisher of the Mantic Fiction, is this is Vince Ruspond, who used to work for Black Library. I know him, yeah. C.L. Warner is one of the authors, so you know C.L. Warner, right? You know, you know him. He did do a Mantic. I thought I saw his name somewhere. He's got a new book coming out, The God Wars. He's kind of doing. He's setting oh, the stage, right? Okay. Uh, so he's I'm he's coming out. out with. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. What I like about the way Mantic and, and Wing Tassar or Wing Tassar is doing it, they're giving a lot of people from the community opportunities to write fiction. If it's good enough, then they, they get a novel. So we have the Ben Stoddards of the world, uh, Mike Rossi's, et cetera, et cetera. Even Rob Berman, who, who came from Mantic, he's got a novel coming out soon as well. What other games have you tried from Mantic besides Kings of War? Uh, let's see. So... I have not had a chance to do firefight. Um, I I did Warpath a couple times. Uh, it just yeah, they'll re- reboot it at some point. This firefight is not the same as the old firefight. That's good. They took the first firefight and kind of redid it, but with a dead zone feel. You, it's 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 got a lot of dead zone mechanics. In fact, the new firefight has taken the best stuff from different games and made like a just a great game. Very briefly, I think once dead zone. Beyond that, I mean, I was we played Dreadball. Dreadball's very good. Before we started recording, I was fishing for something in my closet, and uh, a box came down <laughs> on top of me that had like six teams in it. Uh, and I just, I, I really, uh, I missed that game. I, I used to have a good, a good time with that. Uh, it was, it was just, it was unique. You know, it wasn't Blood Bowl. It was, you know, a different. It was, I mean, it was in the sense that it was a sports game, but that's about it. That's where the similarities really end. Another reason to come to the Michigan DTM. A lot of Mantic games are played there. Is Dreadball still around? It's still around. And in fact, there's another game called Overdrive now, which is more like an arena combat, which is kind of like an offshoot of Dreadball. 
on Mantic's website now. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Those games. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. The, 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 you know, in the fantasy universe, you obviously you've got Dungeon Saga, which is currently on Kickstarter, which is the 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 dungeon crawler, right? Uh, and then you've got Vanguard, which is a great introduction to the world of Panathor, but it's a real crunchy. I want to uh, play Warband that. skirmish games, right? Three, three, three by three table. And then the next one up, you obviously have is Ambush, which is Kings of War with some restrictions. So you're typically playing like 750 to 1,000 points, no hordes, limits on the, the amount of points you can spend on a unit. There's other army restrictions as well, but Ambush is a great, uh, is the great entry point into Kings of War. And, and then there's Kings of War. And then tangentially, there's Armada, which is Kings of War on the, on the, on the seas. <laughs> and then in sci-fi, you've got Star Saga, which is the, the science fiction dungeon crawler. Dead Zone, which is that great. I mean, to be fair, that's their best game. Their best written. It's, it's their best game. It's a strike force on strike force on a very small table. Uh, and then next one up, you got Firefight. And right now, that's kind of where it ends. Uh, at some point, we will probably get Warpath again. At some point, we will probably get a uh, spaceship battle game at some point, I, I would expect. Given how well Armada was received, I would expect a spaceship combat game to come at some point as well. You mentioned it, all the licenses. You've got Umbrella Academy. You've got uh, Hellboy. You had Walking Dead. I, they don't have license anymore. So Walking Dead was a great game. They had Mars Attacks back in the day, which they don't have license for that anymore. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So there's been lots of great, interesting comic-related IPs they've had over the years. What's interesting is I think before, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, you, you could argue that they didn't have enough people to really support all those games. But now they're, I think they're of a big enough size that they can manage. They can manage that many games. Common design thread in all of their games, which is uh, easy to get into, but you know, but difficult to master. Easy to learn, difficult to master. So none of their games are overly complex. Maybe Vanguard's the exception. It is a little bit more complex than the rest of their games. Armada's great, dude. Uh, if you haven't played Armada yet, you need to. It's it's really fun. You know, Scratch is a completely different itch on the open seas. You know, and trying to avoid being boarded by these orcs. I mean. It is, you know, you go into it thinking it's naval Napoleonics. You realize quickly, no, it's actually about how do these other races get your ship and pull you in and board you and take you over. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's great. And the, and the flyers and stuff. If there's someone in the area, like in the Madison, uh, Wisconsin area that plays, I'd love to talk to you. I have a box of the dwarves. It's, uh, it's, there's like three or four of them in there. The starter set's got usually like, three ships and then they usually have a booster box with like three or four ships and then they make one big ship and a pack of flyers and then you can add one off ships to go but you know honestly if you just had the booster in the starter box that's more than enough to get you started i mean um, i'm looking at them right now on the website <laughs> yeah i mean a 200 point fleet is what we played at adepticon i took a lot of small ships but even that i only had like eight ships or nine ships right and that's a Big fleet because I chose to take like six uh, very small ships and playing Kingdoms of Men. If you start taking the large ship, which is close to 100 points, like that's half your fleet oh, <laughs> right? Okay. in one ship. Yeah, super fun. So, you know, thinking about this, though, you play a lot of games that have very large communities. Like you mentioned, AOS. Why do you think that the Kings of War community is the way it is? I mean, what's your theory? Why are they so nice? Part of it might be that there is... Um trying to i don't mean this to sound derogatory in any way <laughs> and I, I i don't want to be taken like that but i think uh maybe because it's it's a little bit less um elite like it's um it's 
when I say they're, they're happy to have anybody, it, it doesn't mean like because oh we have nobody, so we'll, we'll desperately take over. I go, I don't mean like that. It's I get what you're saying. The game is is very welcoming, and um, early days of Manti, there were some things that that rubbed me the wrong way with some of the um, kind of digs that they were taking on on GW and other companies. They stopped doing that, right? Like you know, the twin tail comet striking the ground, and I'm glad that stuff that stuff is gone, and uh, and I, it's it feels different now, you know, and and I like that. I think it's just, uh, I think I think the group um, is not trying to. I feel with GW sometimes, like it, because it's big and it's getting more mainstream, and you know, 40k on South Park now, and you know, we have like the the cinematic universe and and, the, and a trillion video game properties and all these different things, and uh, it's. You know, I, I think that that GW as a company now, and the, the move they made with Roundtree, and you know, it's been like what six, seven years now. Uh, that you know, the way they changed, and they were listening to the company or listening to their to their uh, their customers and working with that. You know, that's that's changed, but there's still a level of toxicity. I think it's always going to be there from just the early days. Um, it, it's just it's just kind of there, unfortunately. And um, you know, I, I think because it's so big, you cast a wide net, you're going to get a lot. Of- you know, just uh, you know, we talked about proportional earlier, right? So, I feel like uh, the the Kings of War community or the Magic community that I've seen is not really uh, is very content. I think they're not they're you know the, the, they've had a, a pretty good relationship. I've always seen like Ronnie very you know active with the community and, and coming to events and talk to people. And there, there, there's a barrier that just wasn't wasn't really ever there. And um, and maybe maybe that's why. Uh, I, I just uh, I also think because now granted I'm only exposed to the Midwest community really, and you know I've known you guys for, you know wherever days mm-hmm. like I think 20, 2012 was long time dude long time 2011 2012 was the first time I went to like an event yeah man, man talk about Ohio Hammer days man it's yeah been a long time yeah <laughs> long, long time uh, yeah I, I guess I was just kind of lucky to to meet with the crowd that I did and I, and there's just not uh, I don't know I'm trying. Am I making any sense here? <laughs> no, you are. I, th- I think you hit on a few really, things. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the size ahead. of a community is going to, like I said, I think earlier, the size of the community, you're going to get some There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, right? it just happens. And the bigger you get, the greater potential for some of those to be a problem. I think part of it, too, with, with our community is that they do a great job of self-regulating in the sense that they're not yes, gatekeeping, per se. What they do is they just ignore it and the trolls kind of go away. You know, there, there's five, six years ago, the fanatics page wasn't as good as it is today. You know, people were more quick to respond and, you, you know, and, and get things incited, you know, incite things up and stuff and get into those flame wars. You know, at this day and age, we just don't give a shit. If you want to make trouble, say your piece and move on because we don't, we don't have time for that. We're too busy playing Kings of War or firefight or whatever else, you know? And you know, that's, Maybe part of that too, and I guess just from what I saw uh, in the history I have with with you guys, like they're um, <laughs> we're older, right? And so, like I, when I when I walked around the room, I wasn't seeing a lot of like teenagers, yeah. you know, playing. Uh, and that, I it just kind of seemed like there was like a camaraderie, like you know, like I. So one thing I love about about a uh, horse heresy the most, and um, Sigmar second to that, but I feel like if I because I've, I've traveled around the world, I've lived in some different places and in other countries, and I feel like wherever I go, there's a really good chance when I play Heresy, Horse Heresy, um, from from Games Workshop, that the person that I'm at the table with probably has the same appreciation. They probably have the same idea. They, they want the same thing out of this game. You know, not can't 100, but but 
really good chance. Sigmar, also pretty good, a little bit less than, than Heresy. Um, and I feel like with Kings of War, what I've seen uh, is that, that that's very high, too. I figure, like, you know, because where it was in Carolina or in Ohio or in a, you know, we did a, we did a, a game uh, demo Kings of War at the end of last year here in, in the area. And unfortunately, the store we had it at doesn't, it turns out I tried to buy stuff. They don't actually carry any of it. Uh, so, okay, whatever. <laughs> but there was like uh, six or eight of us that got together and did a, a game day. And the same thing too. We, it wasn't like a company bashing this or that, you know, they, they just, I guess maybe they feel like if they have a grievance or they have an issue, like Mantic is more quick, but I guess because it's not as large as, as Games Workshop is, uh, it, it maybe there's easier access to facilitate, like if there's feedback and you, you feel like that feedback is getting heard. And GW has gotten a lot better with that too. But I mean, they're also, and I work with them on the community stuff. So I know that they're doing all this stuff, like even though that you might not think that they are, I know they are, but they're also just huge. It's so mammoth. And, you know, and a smaller company um, is, is easier to do that with, I think. And, and I think Mantic's always been very good about that, that making their uh, customers feel included and involved. And, and it seems like I get the impression that's still, the way it is so it's like <laughs> i i will still probably never sign up for a competitive 40k event at uh, at at like a larger i just it's not that even if the, the game like i'm not i'm waiting for the, the 10th edition to come out in the summer i'm just really not going to touch it until then but there is a history um because people keep coming in page sigma from 40k and like oh god the community is so different like when i go to an event it's so different it's still it's not as negative and i think that there's a history of competitive 40k that even if they don't really have uh cash prizes and stuff anymore there was a, a competitiveness that was like kind of ingrained and and while not everybody has it they got and it's it's gotten a lot better in my opinion over the last few years still it's still always going to be there i think there's some kind of trace amounts of it and i, I don't know if mantic ever really had that on on such a level i i'm not aware that they have maybe if somebody in my if i've been a community right now listen has been like oh my god one of the distinctions that i've made and again, people are going to be like, all right, Robbie, we've heard you say this a million times. <laughs> M- M- Mantic doesn't do gotcha games. So in the sense that, and there's nothing wrong that's, with well, the gotcha fair, game yeah. if you want, right? But at face value, the better player is going to win. It's not the player that shows up with the better list. I mean, there are bad lists. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But in general, list building plays a smaller percentage in contributing to winning a game on the table than it does in, let's say, 40K. Right. Where 40K, you can literally show up with the wrong army and it's you're done. Whoops. In this scenario, and obviously 10th edition could change all that. And so that that's a big thing, I think, is that and that might be that might speak to why you just get a different culture because of that. The intention is not I'm building a list counter meta. Right, that I'm trying to win this event because I I'm basically going to. Yeah. So if that hopefully that resonates, it makes sense. Oh, it does. I mean, it's it's always a. it surprises me, like, I mean, even, uh, so, like, of, of any Mantic content I listen to, you know, counter charge the most, although I'm getting into some, some other YouTube channels and, and uh, some other, some media that's out there, but, you know, uh, not, nowhere near as much as I listen to your podcast, and uh, it still is always kind of interesting to me to to hear, like, someone talk about, like, oh, they're having this uh, this type of list here and everything, because to me, like, so the Abyssal Dwarf, right, is the one I'm, listening, I'm almost finished right now. And you got a few different guys on there, and they're uh, and I love that army, and I'm learning so much from from listening to it. questions I have kind of like about like the formations and how you know. I guess I'm not up to date on the most current rule set and options that are there, but that's something for another time. But I'm listening to them talk about the armies and and, uh, and uh, some of I guess you know meta's not a dirty word, you know. So like 
this or that. Uh, and it, it's just kind of interesting, like, oh, I haven't tried that or tried that. But it's it just how they um, have some counters and how they don't work so well. And and uh, when I listen to to your episodes, I'm what I'm what I'm not getting is critiques. I'm really getting more inspired and ideas. Like, oh, I like to try that. But things I would have never known. And um, and you know, Gates Workshop has it too. I think depending on what you listen to, you know, you'll, you'll get like tips. But if I listen to a podcast or a YouTube channel, like I personally, I want to learn something from. It. I want I want to uh, I want to be entertained. Yeah. But, but I also want to, to learn something. I want to be able to have an idea to try something out. Uh, and I feel like the type of episodes you do, and maybe it goes back to our like, common culture years ago, but like that, that really gels with me. That resonates. It helps me. And I feel like I, I learned something you know, from, from your episodes. No, I appreciate that. Well, smoke up your ass, right? <laughs> One of the things that just kind of hit me, hit me was I think what, what, I, what I find typically is that the better players – don't want to just beat up new players. They want to make the new players better because we all grow as a community. Yeah, if if the better, well, the other thing too is no, I think everybody knows that if you just beat up the new players, they don't come back. Right. They just don't, they don't come back. Right. It's funny. Cause I've played a lot of Warhammer and I don't recall very many. It does happen, but I don't recall very many instances where people, you know, as I'm getting crushed is genuinely interested in my enjoyment of the game and making sure that, Hey, in this scenario, you should probably have done this or that and, and kind of work, you know, that's common. If you're playing and I mean, the Armada tournament I just played, I, I had played like two games, dude, I was terrible. And in all my games, the player, the, the our opponent was like very, uh, they were very helpful. They, they weren't trying to hold anything back. They laid out my option. You know, they really wanted me to learn to play the game so that I enjoyed it. And I think it's self-fulfilling on their end, right? Like, because if if, if I become a better player, then that means I'm going to give them a better game in the future. Yeah, you come back. One of their, like, anecdotal evidence that I always point to is that I take a game like X-Wing. At the end of day one, you may have 300 players and then 100 just quit because they, they're out of the running. We're done. Oh, really? And that is super uncommon for us. You know, I mean, I think at this event, we started with 45 and I think we had two people that had issues at home or something that had to drop. That's very uncommon to have people drop from a tournament, you know, mid midway in. Whereas some of the bigger game systems that are more, I'm going to say air quote here, more competitive, they, they do drop. They're like, well, I, I'm not out of the running. I'm done. And I, and I don't know. Have you, I mean, I, I don't know how AOS is or 40K. I don't know if you, if you have any sense of, is that common? No, not really. Uh, I guess at Adepticon, you know, being a larger one, I I've seen I've seen it happen a few times, and there was one instance where you know we like make sure this person plays their game. I, I was very surprised, and especially at Sigmar too. Like it's an interesting where somebody um, just dropping because they're like, "Well, I'm not going to be able to win anymore." Is very uncommon. And typically, what you, what you have you have a lot of competitive people um, that in the sense they you know they they like to win rather than lose. But it's great because, like, you see like, these guys uh, and into uh, like you know five game tournament on Sunday, usually game four and five. You're like, well, if you're not at a certain level of the table, then you know you're not really winning anything. Uh, and that's sort of I think that's very liberating to know because then uh, you just have a good time. You know, you're not really trying to win anything. And like, usually it's my game five that all of a sudden my dice start working and you know things work out. Imagine, you know, we just have a good time with it. Uh, a, a general practice I have uh, in any game I play, but really. I mean, I guess Sigmar is the the, the main one because I play that one the most. Is I'll, if I'll, um, the last game usually of a so if it's a one day you know or two day whatever the last game is, I usually ask my opponent um, 
you know, is there any something in your list, you know, that just has any, is something that you really wanted to see at work that hasn't worked? Like your hero has this cool power that, you know, that, that hasn't worked. You haven't a chance to use it. They haven't had a chance to duel with this monster or whatever. You know, just, there's usually something in their army that's like really cool. And they just like, oh, I haven't had a chance to do it or it hasn't worked the entire event. And uh, I'll usually just make that, make that work with them, you know, like feed them the unit or, or set up whatever. Cause I don't, I don't care like about, I, I'm not, I'm not a super successful like gamer as far as like competing. I mean, I, I, I think I've, I can win games. Like I'm not bad at the game, but I just, I don't really care about that as much. And so I, I like that experience and that, uh, you know, I, I like the visualization of like, like it's very 3d to me. It's visual, visually stimulating. It's, you know, it's a social experience for me. And, um, I usually have walk away with, you know, game four and five at, at events, having those be some of the best games because some of that pressure's off and you're just like, you know, I'm going to have a good time. And, uh, you know, it's great. I get told, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, I do well with, I typically, if I'm going to win something, it's going to be probably a sports award. Uh, and, and you know, I, I like, it was great. Like Adepticon, like, you know, all, all five of our, our team games, like, oh, you guys are like our favorite opponents. And, you know, just like, it's surprising when I hear that sometimes like that other, that, that's not, that common. should be the rule, not the exception. Right. But, you know, I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. I mean, I'm glad they had a good time. Uh, but yeah, I just, I love, I love the entertainment, you know, I just, it's just, it's more for me. And, uh, I think I don't have an interest in being like a, a hyper competitive player. I don't think there's like a pressure and I don't think I'd want to know, have to worry about knowing all the rules for every other army and game. I just, I don't, it's just, it's not really for me, you know, like I know I've, I've accidentally failed upwards at times, but you know, typically <laughs> that's not really what I'm doing. You know, I have uh, for my last Kings of War thing, I have a captain courteous or something like bobblehead over there that I won for like the, the sports thing. Uh, the sports that's awesome. Award. Well, uh, it's, it's yeah. also interesting in the sense that one of the other things that's very common in Kings of War is it's a game of intention. So people are going to tell you, my intention is to be out 19 and a half, right? Like, or whatever it is, you know, and, and you're basically telling your opponent, this is what I am intending to do. And, and, and we have found as a community that that resolves a lot of bad feelings because we've kind of come yeah. to an understanding that, Hey, I'm, I'm measuring it out, but my intention, somebody could bump the table, but my intention is that your unit charges 16 or whatever. And I'm 16 and a half out and I'm, and I'm telling you that and we're getting a gentleman's or we're getting an agreement at the table that that's, that's what we're agreed to. Uh, and that does seem to help a lot, a lot of that as well. Um, that's, yeah, I found uh, that Adepticon actually, yeah. Well, what's next with you with Kings of War? So you've got all these models. Are we going to have an army build or are you going to come to an event at some point? I am. Uh, what I would like to do, there's, uh, it turns out there's uh, several events in the, the Midwest over the summer. And uh, I would like to make it to one of those. So what keeps holding me back, uh, well, one is having the army all painted, <laughs> but you know, I've, I've had some progress on that and I'm, and, uh, that's, that's doable for me. Um, but typically is like, even at Adepticon, I was like, well, but I don't know it well enough. I don't know the I don't play that often enough. And I haven't had that. Like I need to get in and have one event under my belt. And, uh, the only way to do that is to, to actually go and have an event, but I'm held back from that at the same time. Cause I'm like, well, I don't think I know it well enough. And I don't, uh, I, I don't know if it'd be you know a good time for my opponents, whether it's three or five games, whatever, to play somebody who doesn't really know the game that well. And then you know, because I know like they're here to play, not to teach. But it seems like that's not really a thing so much in the main community. Okay, in the first round, you could have one of those matchups, but like the third or fourth round, when you're at the, if you're at the bottom tables, those those people are just there to have a fun time. They're not they're not they're not winning the event, right? And I think they they come with the right with the right mindset. 
I mean, I'm a classic example. I played the Armada event with knowing very little. I was the ringer, ringer air quoting in the firefight event, never playing a game of firefight, but I got through it. The reality is that the, 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 the uh, community is very welcoming to new players. And, uh, and you know what? You'll lose. You'll probably lose the first you know few games. You could lose, but that's okay. I think the best thing is you'll, you'll have, a, number one, you'll have a good time doing it. But number two, I think you'll learn something out of the, uh, the interaction. Even the best players, like, you know, on our, on our master circuit, the best players in the country. I went through it at Depticon myself this, this time. I went two, two, and one. So two wins, two losses, and a draw. And in, and in game two and three, actually two, well, a lot of games, two and four, I'm playing way, I'm playing guys that should not have been playing me, right? Like, whatever, for whatever reason, it just happened. And they right. just beat the, beat the, beat the, beat the, tar off me and that's fine <laughs> i jokingly said that you know the one guy he's like novocaine dude he made it painless like so like, yeah he walked through what he was doing as he's taking my army off and i i'm a better player enough it's a hallmark of good sportsmanship exactly you walk away and you're still having a good time i mean the reality is that the rules are simple but the strategy's not there's a lot of depth there that you don't you won't pick up until many many plays there's a lot of nuance and at that very high level, when you're playing, you know, current master, U.S. US master Adam Ballard, and he's beating you like a redheaded stepchild, you are learning from that experience, right? Or or Travis Trim, the current Adeptic Clash winner. Like, when you play those guys, you learn, and, and you hopefully take that knowledge on and you get better, right? Uh, yeah. There's limits to my mental it capacity. <laughs> <laughs> it helps us grow. But, and, and that's the funny thing is, I think even the best, most, air quoting competitive players they're not that competitive they, they they want you to have a good time at the end of the day you, you don't always see that in games even thinking back at some of maybe some of the warhammer where it was like especially when you get you know i hate to say it, but when you get like cash prizes and stuff involved sometimes it does bring and the size of the community gets really big you end up with some you know, hurt feelings, but Jeremy on the show, you likes to say that we are like the Goldilocks community. We're like just the right size. We're big enough that we're, that we're meaningful and we have, we can make an impact and sustain that growth. But then at the same time, we're not so big that we don't get all those extra negatives that come with being like a large or a large community. So, you know, just right. It's we're just right. We're just right. Like, uh, you know, eating the porridge. Man, it's been awesome catching up with you. I, hopefully, we can find an event where you can get to. Well, that is what's next. That's what next. I, I, I do intend to make at least one. Uh, it would be great for me to be able to, to play some practice games here. But right now, I really just have like one person that I, I, that I play with here. Who do you play with? Who, who's your local? Uh, uh, Aaron. Aaron Malone. Uh, okay. He, I don't know if he's had a chance to make it out to an event yet. But we've, we've played a few games here and we'll probably continue to play. Now, there's other people. The thing is, I need to get to the point where I can teach the game because I have multiple armies and I, I love teaching games, but I just, I need, I need to get myself kind of like, it's like catch 22. I just, I just need to just suck it up and go to an event and get one under my belt. And then I know everything will be fine. If I know that that is coming, and I have that date saved. Then I can. Yeah. It's too bad. You didn't know anybody that lives in Memphis is running an event at the end of June called Kings of Memphis three. That is very new player friendly. So it's too bad. It's too bad. Or even locally, right? There's there's lots of events in your area with Dragonfall and there are. Yeah, I'm finding that there's a lot around here. What week, weekend is your Memphis thing? In? It is 25th and 26th of June, uh, and also in the summertime we have in Omaha, Nebraska, we have the best of the rest slash U.S. Masters. So that will be the Masters is the 64 
top players in the country get invited eight regions, eight players per region. They come, but everybody else, it's not an invitational that you can just show up playing best of the rest. That's going to be a great event because it's, it's always a fun time. Uh, it's a great, great event as well. You know, the website to check out is Kings of war masters.com. They're pretty good. <laughs> There's lots of great events in the Midwest in particular. I'd like to be able to do a few games before an event, uh, but you know, it may work out that I don't. And then um, I, I should just, I'll just show up and that's fine too. Lots of people show up and learn, you know, what will happen is if you let the, if whatever, whatever rate you're going to, if you get there the day before, Hey, they'll get you a game and they'll get you some feeder games like on the Friday night, show you the rules, get, get you some practice games. Cause what's interesting is, you know, the rules, there's not a lot of rules there. And sometimes at first reading, you might miss something. Right. And you think it's played a certain way. Not, you know, and so I, I, whenever I'm playing a new game, I always like to, you know, get those kinks worked out, make sure I understand. Cause to your point, you want to give the player that you're playing against a good experience, like you're at least competent. Well, they're paying money. I mean, they're, you know, they're just like I am to get to a destination. So, like, you know, I want to be fair to them. I know it'll be good. I just need to, I just need to do it. Uh, it, it's kind of cool. Like, cause I, I listen, I'm listening to the Abyssal Dwarf and they're talking about, you know, formations and stuff. Is that in the Red Book? Where, where is that? A- the Red Book, it's in there. Yeah. Okay, so I just I think I just need to get the red book. Honestly, you said you have Easy Army, right? Or had Easy Army? Yeah, well, it's not around anymore now. If you were paying for Easy Army, it's been your subscription. Once you sign up for Companion, will be moved over automatically. But Companion is free uh, for building a certain amount of lists, and then event- there is a subscription to get like it's got that Warhammer Plus type thing where you pay a little bit and you get you know access to all the rules. It was like two bucks a month for the Easy. I'm like, yeah, like I'm fine. I'll, I'll pay that. I don't I don't mind doing it. Um, I just need to, to find where all this stuff is. I, well, I was going to get one of the red books at Adepticon because uh, even on a Thursday, they had the thing that said uh, really good deal. And then they were sold out of them. That was great. And then they were sold out. They were just the red books were all gone. They sold out on Thursday. I was like, ah, but yeah, to answer your question, the formations in the red book. Okay. And the red book is as of November, it's got everything. Now the fluff is now taken out of that and is, is available for free online. But it's got all the rules. It's got all the every army list. Everything you need to know about Kings of War is in that one book. I'm just gonna buy one right now while I'm talking to you. And then going forward, we're gonna be using they're gonna be using the companion to release updates. Like so, for example, for Firefight, they've already released the Maison Labs, which is a new faction list that was or a new army list, and that was put in there. And they've got some beta rules that are coming through. And so they're gonna start using leveraging the companion to start rolling out potential changes so people can start helping with playtesting and stuff. Kings of War, the Red Book, so the third, third edition revised, right? It's in the sands of Amun, the two-player starter set. Any of the two-player starter sets will have the new book. If you're buying it at a local store, look at the set. It'll have a sticker with the Red Book on the front if they've upgraded it. There's four two-player starter sets. The Sands of Amun is brand new. It has the Red Book, and it has Ogre's DoD, but then there's also goblins versus ratkin then there's the rift forge orcs and the halflings and night stalkers versus northern alliance those came with the green book which is the which is third edition so red book is 3.5 just whenever they put the book into that set they're slapping a sticker on the front uh and actually if you just let mantic know they'll probably figure out a way to get you the red book uh, because that they're all they're all trying to give you the red the red book well, I, I like it it's got the, the lore and stuff in it yeah i just i'm just gonna buy this set of if you buy the Sands of a Moon set, you're not going to be disappointed. It's a fantastic set. Yeah, I'm just buying it right now. <laughs> Ogres are delicious. And the EOD stuff, it gives you like 20, you know, it gives you 40 infantry and then like 10 yeah. cavalry. 
So, and those models are fantastic as well. Yeah, they're they're really great. They're really great. So, and you'll get the the, the three point five book, which is awesome. Mantic two player starter sets are great value. I mean, they're really they're hard to beat. You know, I think with the two player starter set, I was able to build seven hundred fifty points of ogres, and then with one additional regiment of chariot, I was able to build seven hundred fifty points of uh, EOD, and so now I have two uh, ambush armies basically, which is similar to kings of war but like i said in that red book you'll see the ambush rules you know the, the big thing is they just tone down if you're playing i think it's less than 750 or less the units can't cost more than 200 points and 250 from 750 to a 999 and no hordes and troops unlock like regiments and regiments unlock like hordes and there's limits on war engines heroes and monsters you can take i think you can only take three total so it just it just takes the, the edge off a little bit for smaller point games because what will happen in a small point game is someone takes a death star and it's like yeah you can't do, do anything about it they just run around the table killing everything right yeah and that's it it's a it's a good way to play well awesome man yeah well thanks for talking man i love to talk i, I my wife will tell you that <laughs> well awesome we'll have to get you at an event and let me know when, when, when you find out which event you're going to attend make sure we uh we get you on our facebook page and just make an or even fanatics make sure you announce it so people can go oh i'm going to be there and make sure that we get you a friday night game so you can get some practice in before you uh jump head first into the deep end is the facebook group is that the best place to find where the events are well the best place to find the events is probably kings of war masters.com that is like the official masters website. But also if you're looking for just events in the Midwest, let me pull the link up. Every masters region has a Facebook page and that's the best way to go. If you want to play in the Midwest, Kings of war, Midwest. It's got about 440 members Go in there and just say, Hey, I'm new to the area or I'm new to Kings of war in the Midwest. Give me the skinny and you'll find in there. Like they'll, they'll post like links to all their events. Oh, I'm already on this group. It looks like <laughs> that's the page. If you're looking for events in the Midwest. Well, awesome, man. Been awesome chatting with you, buddy. Yeah. And we'll have to do it again real soon after you get your army built and get your army painted and get it on the table. I'm going to stick with the, uh, the abyssal doors. Cause I have a lot of them already built and I've just kind of been working on them. So that's where I'm going to, I'm going to start with, but. Uh, after that, I don't know, Athens, Empire, Dust, I don't, I don't know which one. The problem is the models are so good. Like, I'm always like, oh, I want to do this army. I, wanna, I mean, they're all great. Like, Salamanders, Halflings. I mean, Riftforge Orcs. Yeah, they look really good. I just, the Halflings, there's just like a whimsy. I'm just like, they, they just, I feel like they nailed it. Like, I'm just, I'm very excited about that. A giant mechanical pig? Yeah, all right, you got me. Awesome. Well, that's do us tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on... Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War Podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.